to the510.com. Yeah, is this going to suck the whole time, or is this like the only part that sucks? I just want to gauge how much suck I have to freaking sit through. I don't know. I mean, does anyone really pay attention to radio anymore? This is getting stupid. You ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. You ever seen a grown man naked? That may be the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. You balls have been tempered in the fury of hell's dragon. Stupid! You're so stupid! Ladies and gentlemen, your host, JC. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 510 Podcast. Uh, we are so excited you're here. You are here. If this is the first time you have joined us, well, welcome. Every week, we get to talk to these amazing musicians, and we've had producers and you know all kinds of really cool people. Uh, this week, I'm excited because we have Wesley Hill from The Only Ocean. Sir, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. This is episode 13, so we've been just jamming right along with the new episodes. And you're a band, I'll be honest, I wasn't terribly familiar with. Your PR pitched it to us, and but I, I actually prefer these better because it means I get to know some sort of new band, and our audience does as well. So I'm really thrilled you're here. Let's yeah. let's uh, let's dive it dive right in. How did you guys start the band, and why why did this need to exist, and why now? Uh, started oh god, two thousand and nine, I think. Okay. Yeah, it was. Um, so I'm originally from a town called Lompoc. It's in California. Yep. And and it's about um, two and a half ish hours away from LA, and so we were just kind of like a small town band um, in Lompoc and Lompoc's close to a city called Santa Barbara, which is a big college town and a city called San Luis Obispo, which is a big, big college town. So we would just kind of hit those, you know, up and down when we were like 18, 19, 20. And then once we got a little bit older, we started going down to LA and like San Francisco a little bit more. Um, and so the, the band has existed for, God, like I said, a number of years. It's kind of, if that was 2009, wow. 2020. So, yeah. And so in 2019, um, after probably like eight or nine years of playing, um, the original lineup decided to just kind of, kind of just call it quits. Um, not in like a bad way. They were just yeah. kind of wanting to go do something else in their life. And I had known the guitar player, um, Tamara. I knew her from a, private like she's she's from LA and I knew her because she actually I actually played a show with her about like three or four years ago and I became friends with her and I was hanging out with her uh, early 2019 and she asked how the band was going and I said well everybody left and it's just me <laughs> and it was kind of funny because she didn't really say she wanted to join but it kind of felt like she was interviewing me a little bit like right. she's asking me all these questions like so what are you gonna do next like yeah yeah long term what's your goal da 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 and about a week later, she called and asked, like, hey, um, so my other band broke up and I was asking you all these questions because I was thinking about what if I joined the only ocean? And I, of course, said yes. Yeah. And she brought along um, the drummer and her last band as well. And then the drummer brought along um, the bass player. So that's Jonathan. Jonathan plays drums and Jordan plays bass. And so everyone just kind of brought along somebody else. And actually our first show was probably about like November 5th oh, wow. actually, of last year. 
So we've only, this new lineup has really only been a band for probably a year. That's amazing. Yeah. What's the feeling like with this new lineup versus the the original lineup? Like, is it changing the dynamics of how you write your songs? Is it changing the dynamic of the band in general? Yes. Yeah. Um, so the last band, we were all kind of childhood friends and everyone kind of like found their roles, you know? Right. Like you do it for so long that everyone just kind of gets comfortable doing has their has what they do in the band. And a lot of the songs came, or actually not, not, sorry, all the songs came from me. I wrote everything. And then with this new lineup, um, since we're a bit, a bit older, um, they're also very gifted songwriters and musicians. So they're writing things as well. So it's been really fun to kind of like, we all pull from so many different genres and so many different bands. Right. But we also have so many similar ones. So it's, it's been fun to try to like, everyone's ideas are so good but sometimes it's like, oh, that's a little too too far that way. Or, so we kind of always have to meet in the middle somewhere. And it's been really fun. Um, yeah, everyone's just musicianship is is not to harp on the old players. They were, you know, those, they're still my best friends and I, I love playing with them. But these new players, it's just something really, they all went to school for it. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of have like that music theory behind it and um yeah, it's fun to kind of walk into practice some days being like, I don't want to be the one that's bad. I don't want to be the one that's like, I don't want to bring a bad song or a bad right. idea to the table because like everything's, it's just the ideas are so there. You described yourself, your, your, the band, as almost atmospheric alt-rock. For those that really don't understand what that is, what is that? What is atmospheric alt-rock? I know what alt-rock is, but atmospheric, that's a new sort of adjective to describe alt-rock. Yeah, we just kind of, um, it was... There was like an, a, a year, a little time in music where everyone was trying to think of their own little like um, slogan to like make them like their own, define their own little thing. Right. And at the time, it, it might have been like 2014 or 15, I had gotten really into like shoegaze and just like ambient music or like electronic music. Like I got into the whole kind of, I got into a lot of reverb and a lot of delay and oh sorry there's a plan going overhead i don't know if you're gonna no, it's okay. but um so yeah i got into like all things kind of just spacey sounding yeah and i've always really loved pop music and i don't know i was probably just stoned one night and i was just <laughs> like we're atmospheric rock <laughs> and i was trying to actually get away from it but um tamra the guitar player she really loved it so we just kind of kind of kept with it and basically it's I think the best way to describe Only Ocean is it's pop music that sounds like a shoegaze band is trying to play, but it's also not too shoegazy, but it's also not too poppy. It's like trying to pull the things that I love from both genres of music and throwing them, meeting them in the middle. So one's not kind of um, beating the other in terms of influence. Yeah. How's your sound changed or adapted or developed over time? Do you think when you're listening to old music uh, that you guys first released versus stuff you're putting out now what what how would you describe that difference the musicianship <laughs> went up <laughs> and uh i we we recorded our first record with john debon who he engineered a couple mars volta records and he still works with omar rodriguez lopez today oh nice and meeting him was kind of it was like musical boot camp nice 
it was like everything that I thought I knew about making a song I knew nothing about. And so that first record, I can just kind of hear all these really funny things where he kind of just let us do it. But we were also like picking his brain on how to how to do it. So each record, I can just kind of hear like, oh, the the it's getting more to the point and it's not we're trying to I, my whole thing is I love to fit in a lot of song in a short amount of time. Oh, and I always I always thought that meant like you have to have all these parts, but sometimes your lyrics can just be like four words. But as long as they're they hold such weight to them, then it's kind of all you really need. If, if, if there's an emotion behind it, then so I, I just hear like the the bullshit kind of like being um, kind of taken back and yeah. things just being more simpler, like kind of direct to the point. And yeah. then kind of gives us room to play along with uh, just sound. That's awesome. So when when you're talking about the process of putting an album together or putting these songs together, walk us through that process for you. Is it the melody comes first and then you come behind with the lyrics, or is it sort of this cohesive, organic uh, po- process that that develops? Um. Lyrics always come last, and yep. by, by last I mean like literally probably like a week of having to go record. I'll actually sit my ass down and write some lyrics. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that. I mean, I'm always saying things, and I, I and I know what the song's going to be about. Um, I just really, I don't know. I just think I think I overthink it, and then I stress myself out, and then have to like finally write these these words. <laughs> and I put way more stress on myself in that field than I should, but um, I probably should change that for the for the next record. But no, it it always just starts with with just a guitar, just me and a guitar. And even if it's like a riff or a weird effect or something like that, then if the melody's there, then I kind of just make it a song. Um, that's how it was on the everything up until now. And then with the new band, like I said, they're all kind of like writing songs and throwing out ideas so sometimes they'll there will be this song that everyone's super excited about and i kind of have to be like oh shit like i don't write like that and i but i like it so now i have to find a melody that fits that and so that's been really fun for me as just as a songwriter trying to like okay i I gotta somehow make this work because everyone loves it and i don't want to be the one person in the band that's like i don't know i don't like it yeah when, so that being said, when you when you're talking about writing sort of almost at the last minute, do you look back at songs and say, man, I could have written it this way. I could have done this hook better, this chorus better. Do you do you have regrets uh, after a song's been finished or is it just sort of let the ch- let the chips fly where they may? Yeah, not with the new stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and actually, no, none of the stuff I I, I wish I I'm kind of happy with everything that I've said. Um like I said, we play the songs live, even without me having lyrics, which is really bad. But we always kind of do it at shows where there's not that many people there. Right. So I can kind of get away with just mumbling. Um, <laughs> but it's fun for me because I can really, I can work out all the phrasing. I can work out like the, how many syllables should be in, in, in the measure. I can work out like what mouth sounds to kind of make. And by the time it actually, and I'm saying things, I'm not just kind of like humming Um, so like I said, I, I already know what it's going to be about. I just have a really hard time of sitting down trying to be like, okay, this is what I want to say. But once I actually pin it down, it, it usually comes out pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned the, the bands had a pretty storied career, a lengthy career. What do you think you've learned throughout this process of, 
starting a band, changing the lineup? What what have what's been the biggest learning lesson so far? Just to not give up. Yeah. Um, and I know that's that's very vague, but I just kind of it's kind of like um, being in a band. I always tell people is it's like being in a relationship with three other people or how many other band members you have. Right. And you kind of have to just learn how to work with each other. And even if things get really bad, if you just kind of work through all the bullshit that's going on and get to the other side, nine out of 10 times getting to the other side, you're going to be much stronger. Makes sense. It's kind of like life, you know, like if things get really hard and if you care about it enough, you kind of just, you want to work through it. And once you work through it, you're like, Oh, this is, I'm glad I did that. That was for the better. And that's kind of like what I think being in a band is like, and I've learned that a lot. And when the original members left, I kind of had a moment where I was like, well, I better take my own advice. I can't just not like, I can't not do what I, what I tell other people to do. Right. Right. What's been your proudest moment so far? There's been a few that happened in 2019. Um, I, I think, starting 2019 in January, not having a band or not having members, and but just being a solo kind of mm-hmm. act. And then ending in December with like, I don't know if you're familiar with um, the radio station K-Rock. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, having our song be voted number one on oh, wow. their locals only. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a total trip to kind of think like I went from nothing and then ended like, I ended 2019 on this like ultimate high where it was just like, okay, I'm not even from the area and like my songs being voted and, and yeah, I think just having a new lineup and having this kind of a new fresh perspective on, on what it means to be in a band and being with people that really want to play shows and really want to do it and put in the time and, and, and the work and, and really care about their parts, not just kind of just show up and not that the other members did, but sometimes in bands, People show up and they go, okay, I guess this is my part. And then you just kind of play what you're told. But even with the songs that were already, have already existed online, um, the members were like, oh, I think I kind of want to do this. And it sounded great. I never was upset by any of it. It's just, it's just fun to watch people actually really care about the, the, every aspect of being in a band. Yeah. That's amazing. And then 2020 hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How have you been able to adapt? Like how have you guys been able to sort of stay connected and are you guys writing new music? Yeah. So it's funny cause everyone always says like every year is going to be their year, but it was for us though. We were like, okay, this is like 2019 and it's on such a high. And we started 2020 in January, like on, on a, on a high too, like buzz bands um, may, uh, said like we were the 25, like, local bands to watch and it's amazing we were still on being played on k-rock and um we had all these shows lined up and we had all these cool summer shows and and i think actually watch it fall our first single was going to be released in i think it was like april and it ended up being released in july but so we had all these like plans to like release all these singles and do all this stuff and and so when it hit we just kind of we took the first kind of two three months to really kind of navigate the water and see what is possible but um in terms of writing thank god for google drive um (laughs) we've just been kind of since i think it was at the first weekend uh jonathan the drummer just kind of suggested like oh what if we just send each other ideas through google drive and just kind of do things like that and we still do that we've been meeting up um 
pretty much like every other Sunday or every Sunday wow. tested. We're being safe about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, but since March, we have, I think like 25-ish wow. song ideas. Wow. And again, that's just coming from everybody kind of, kind of throwing things out. Like everyone's kind of writing stuff. And, and some of them were maybe just like, 20 seconds of guitar or like something like that and we sure. morphed into a song so um it's been good we've been we've been really trying to stay on top of it and also just releasing songs and and i did a couple uh a couple of those instagram live things in the very beginning yeah how did they go how did they go um when i first did it i was i didn't really expect that much and i right. it was a very weird thing to play and sing and finish a song and then not have anyone <laughs> clap <laughs> no reaction yeah yeah no reaction but it after a while they were actually really fun um more people tuned in and it was it was just for me it kept me sane because every week it was something to do you know those first two months like you didn't have anything to do right right so it was like every week i was like okay at least i can do this and so, yeah, that was good. It's been interesting. You know, we've been doing this podcast since, uh, I guess, the beginning of September is when we first started doing this again. We, we had been doing this radio show for uh, eight, ten years. But since we, re, we have been bringing this back and doing the podcast version, that's been the interesting piece of this is how people are, one, staying connected, and, two, figuring out how to use the technology we have to collaborate and still write new songs and connect with their fans and do things that they normally would do all in the same room. So talk a little bit about has that improved the how you reach out to your fans? Has that changed the way you interact with the people within your community? Or is it do you think once the COVID is over and, and we're able to go back to live events, that's not going to be a tool you use anymore? Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, social media for artists is is huge right um so we were always pretty active like on our instagram um and now that we don't have as much to promote it's still it's still fun to kind of like you post things and and so that side of it's always gonna is always gonna stay and we were just kind of just keep doing the same thing you know we don't really have it's hard for us to such we are like a lower level band um it'd be great to be like a I don't know, like a 1975 level or something like that, mm -hmm. where like you can go and do those, you know, do a live stream and make it look really cool and, and all that kind of stuff that they're doing. Um, I don't know them, but bands at that level are doing. Right, so right. we're kind of just for us, it's just like, let's keep releasing these songs like we were going to do anyways. And we'll just kind of work on stuff. And I think once when we, we do get back, we'll still be doing the same thing. I don't think any of that's going to change. I think social media still is, is, as crazy as it is, it's such an important tool for, to get your stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't see it going away. I, I see it changing and adapting, yeah. but I just don't see it going away. You're right. You're right. Uh, talk a little bit about, you know, what, when you guys, what, when you guys are playing live shows, what are you hoping the audience gets out of the show? What are you hoping they leave? And after they see an only ocean show, Kind of like in a, just like a, oh, oh shit moment where, cause like for us, like the, the songs I've always been so obsessed with, and maybe I'm a bit 80 ADHD when it comes to songwriting, but 
sometimes I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, I really want to write a pop song and I'll try to make it be a pop song. And, and the next morning I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, I just, I really want to write a song that is just like a noisy song or, you know, so right. the, the style of everything really changes, but I've always wanted the kind of the common thread for each song to be that you could tell it's the same people playing it. It's not just sounds so off the wall. So it's really fun to watch our sets where we will, will will rock really, really hard. And you can kind of see the people like getting, getting into it and getting going for it. <laughs> and then the next song is like a total pop song. Interesting. And then, then the song after that's like a big heavy rock song. And so the, I like having these little dips in the set where people don't really know what to expect. And I also feel like always going to be something in the set that you're going to like, whether each song is going to have kind of showcase someone's playing. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just would, I just would hope that people walk away being like, that was, that was really cool. Like those guys really played their asses off and, and did, did the thing up there. And that's kind of all, I mean, and not to ramble too much, but going back to like having things be different for me. And again, maybe I am ADHD when it comes to, comes to music, <laughs> but when I'm at a show and I see a band's first three songs, that fourth song kind of has to be something for me, at least that's going to like be totally different. Cause if not, like sometimes I get really bored watching a band play and like, if everything's at the same level and the songs all kind of have the same feel to it, I feel a bit like kind of stir crazy standing there, but if they have those dips and they do it really well, that's always really fun. So I try to construct, construct the set to make it be this already big, club yeah ready to ready to go thing in, in a small room so i completely empathize with you plus the fact that i'm old so i can't stand for much <laughs> when you're you know when you're constructing a set how talk a little bit about the difference between constructing a set and putting together an album like is that the same process for you that you want to put together an album that captures their attention all the way through yeah i don't i don't know because sometimes I, I know a lot of bands will go out and they'll play like their first three songs of the record will also be the, you know, the first three songs of their set. Hmm. So I, I think, I think the album listening experience is definitely different because you can definitely hit them with some soft moments, like about like four or five songs in yeah. that you probably can't do live. Um, live though. Yeah. You really just, you just want to hit, 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 especially if you only have like 35 minutes. Sure you don't really have the room to play the soft stuff. Um, for us, like, you know, we, we're, we're usually like getting like 45 minute time slots out. That was always the longest, but there was probably only one song that really got quiet and it was, but it was noisy though. It was like a noisy quiet song hmm. that ended up getting really loud. So yeah, to answer your question, I think they're different and I'm, I think we're still kind of navigating it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a really, interesting thing to do because once you do get your your track listing for for an album you're like oh that's great but it's also hard to be like but that's probably not going to work live yeah like yeah. we can't have a, a a quiet song be our third song like once when everyone's getting going and dancing so that's true that's true when you when you're putting together an album though is there do you feel like there's a theme that exists in your albums or is it just sort of you know, we have these this bank of songs. They all fit, a, you know, some sort of narrative, or maybe they don't, but they all feel like they all go together in an album. And then, what do you do with the rest? 
You mean the songs that don't make it? Right. Um, they just kind of hang around for a little bit. <laughs> it's, so it's like, so sometimes, sometimes songs get written a little bit too late right. in the, in the writing process. And it's like there, but you don't record it, but you're really, really passionate about it. And those ones are kind of the ones that like, okay, well, we're not going to make another record for another probably year. Mm-hmm. And if that song kind of stands, stands the test of time a little bit and can, can make it through that year and like everyone changing, um, then they'll get recorded. And then sadly, the ones that, that get written and you just kind of go like, well, I don't know what to do with you. You just kind of, <laughs> sometimes you have to just give up on a song cause it's just, it goes nowhere. Yeah. Do you ever release those just as a B side or a separate EP or just, you just release it to the, into the wild? We did, um, one time there, uh, this, we recorded a record and then kind of broke everything up in EPs mm-hmm. and, but before we did that, I we went and recorded like just three songs that were kind of like had been there towards the tail end of like that writing process. And yeah. they just kind of made it. So we decided like, okay, let's just go record these three songs and see what happens. And and they were all so different. So it, but it was fun though to to put them on EPs that actually made sense. Nice. Nice. You talked a little bit before about adapting and, and connecting with your fans through social media. Um I want to learn. I want to talk a little bit about the future of the music industry. We we really kind of make this a focus of the podcast, where we we get into discussion about where people think the the music industry is headed, and COVID certainly hasn't done anybody any favors. But where do you think things are headed as far as the music industry overall? Do you think we're headed back to singles? Do you think you know the the idea of a concept album is is dead? Like where where do you think things are headed? Yeah, that's an interesting question. That that's been one that I've actually been been asking myself a lot lately. Just yeah. because you can kind of see it with movies where they're in TV shows, they've kind of picked back up. Um, but music though is one of those things where it you can do it for yourself, obviously, and you can always release music. It doesn't really the grand scheme of things that that's always going to be there. But I know people love to to see live music and they love to kind of be a part of that whole process. And yeah, that's going to be interesting. I, I I don't know. I know I saw um this band called Pond. Hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with mm-hmm. them, but they're um from Australia and they've been playing shows lately in Australia. I think very everything's very safe, but I know right. a lot of bands elsewhere are starting to pick up and playing shows again. Um so it'll be interesting to see when that happens in in the U.S. when we'll be able to kind of safely play shows. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I mean I hope something something does happen because it is like a big giant question mark because I don't even really have an answer to it just because to play a live show you you kind of you you want those like random people to come in who don't know who you are. Yeah. Totally. Totally technology has played a big part we've talked about it numerous times so far but what do you think the next thing is i mean tiktok seems to be the thing people are gravitating towards right now god forbid every band makes a tiktok but i mean what what, what do you think that uh how do you think people are going to be consuming media as we as we you know keep chugging along yeah i don't know it's funny yeah i mean i would have my answer would be tiktok i mean that is kind of like the big big thing um 
It just seems mm. like people's attention span keep getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And it's funny, we had uh, a band called The Score on this program not too long ago, and they talked about, you know, it's impacting their writing of songs. You know, you used to write songs and it'd be three and a half, four minutes long. They're writing songs that are like two and a half, three minutes. Is that something that's impacting your writing or the way you put out songs? Um, no, just because the kind of band that we are, I, I, I mean, I know there's like a, um, there's a slowed down version of an MGMT song. That's like kind of a TikTok song. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that hasn't really, I mean, the other three members don't there. I'm the only one that's on TikTok. I don't, I, I don't make TikToks, but I, I, I do enjoy the content. Yeah. Um, so I'm the only one on the band that really knows how TikTok works. <laughs> And so, but no, I, I, I don't think that, I think if I came with the idea saying like, Hey, like, let's write a song to make it big on TikTok," I think they would look at me and be like, you got to stop. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, before, before we uh, stopped doing the radio thing, we had um, Charlie XCX on the program and she goes, if I can't write a song in 15 minutes, it's not a song worth me writing. And I thought, it's unfortunate that that's sort of the the way, and like I mentioned before, the score sort of is is these folks are impacting, it's impacting their ability to write and release songs based on how the general population is consuming media. And so I guess my hope, and maybe this isn't really a question, it's a little more rhetorical, but my hope is that we get back to writing songs that tell a story writing albums that tell a story and as music fans consuming those and having the patience enough to sit through a three minute song. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I teach um, guitar at uh, the town that I'm from and it was really interesting when I first started doing it to kind of find out that the songs that I grew up when I was their age wanting to learn that they still want to learn. That's great. So it, that kind of like side of it never really goes away. And it is funny to see a kid when they come in at like 14 and then they hit like high school, like freshman year, sophomore year, and they do kind of like start to be a, you know, a bit of like a trend chaser, which is normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but a lot of them though, don't really like the songs that are on TikTok. They just, they're, they're, they're just kind of like novelty. Yeah. I, I feel like, and um yeah, I, w- I would love to get back to that as well. I mean, I don't hate, like I said, I love pop music and I love all of that. Um, but I do think, though, maybe after all of this, people are going to be a little bit burnt out of like the 15 seconds of just hearing a song. Yeah. Have you guys ever thought about it like in a video? Yeah. Have you guys ever thought about writing a concept album or, or putting together an album that, that tells a story? I think I've been... I mean, we're so early in the writing process of right. it. Like I said, I don't really have any lyrics like pinned down or anything yeah. until last minute. But I've definitely been thinking like it's it would be interesting to kind because everyone's kind of gone through this whole thing together. Yeah. And that's been a really a bit of a blessing. Like everyone's kind of having these weird like ups and downs. It's not just like you feel weird because you have these ups and downs in like a normal life. But right now it's just especially hard that like you know, you get those, those COVID blues. So it's kind of interesting to think that we're all kind of having this similar experience going through all of it. And it'd be kind of fun to write a record that does kind of like have those dips of like what it's like to live in a time yeah, of, of, of COVID where you, everything is so isolated and it's so hard to like, sometimes I feel like you can see people, I mean, 
I've never really had FOMO, but especially <laughs> when like you can only do one or two things a week right. and you see other people doing things, you're like, what the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> like I'm just sitting yeah. here all day, like being safe and they're out there doing something, oh, but man. they're probably having the exact same experience when I'm going out and doing something. Right. So. right, right. If you had to give advice for somebody that's starting a band, what would be the one thing you would impart on them uh, based on everything you've learned? Uh, I'll quote Shia LaBeouf here and say, just do it. <laughs> nice. Where can, um, and yeah. only, only just because, again, going back from being a music teacher, I have a lot of young students who, who just kind of look at me like, I don't know what to do. And I always tell them like, well, I was your age and I was playing shows and you just have to like pretend to know what you're talking about and they'll, they'll take you serious. Yeah. If you just get out there and do it and you make all these mistakes and you're going to make mistakes you're by the time like you're ready to like really take it serious and you really know like how to, how it all works a little bit you're going to be light years ahead of the people that are just like in their 20s in college when you start a band yeah that's great advice i love it where can people find you online where where can people find the band instagram spotify um twitter facebook uh no tiktok, <laughs> TikTok. yeah maybe i'll make one without them knowing <laughs> nice hey surprise yeah nice uh wesley it's been such a treat uh congrats on all the success and uh it's been such fun getting to know you and getting to know the band um i love it thank you so much for being a part of the show thank you for having me so much i, I really do appreciate it yeah You've been listening to the 510 Radio on the 510.com. Any rebroadcast, transcription, or dissemination in whole or in part is strictly prohibited unless given express written consent by the 510.com or its officers. All music played on the 510 Radio and the 510.com is copyright of the respective owners. This has been a production of the 510.com.